0: You're listening
1: to Sauce Sports with Mo Cohen, PZ Delarici, and Terry Tam. I now know that I'm on with a spy, depending on who's uh, you know who's the, who's the captain of this ship. That's probably a bad thing if this podcast is supposed to go viral, isn't it? Kodaro
0: Patterson, uh, like grabbing some shanks, gentlemen uh, gentleman here. Uh, and, he quote, and I quote, I'm a grown man. I don't need nobody blank and blank in my balls, my face.
1: In my teenage years, I'd get back from high school, I'd smash two pizza pockets. Carmelo Anthony never learned you can't live life just smashing pizza pockets. Because he lost uh, a double bet, uh, what I did is I cut an jalapeno, a jalapeno in
0: half, and I filled it with hot sauce. So he's going to have to slip this down.
2: Why you need, why you give me a fucking banana, dude? I'm not eating a banana, I'll just fucking, i will rather piss in my mouth than eat pizza. Okay,
0: thing. there we go. Stop stalling, let's go. Let's go.
2: Let's go. Now, here are your hosts, Moe, Terry, and Peasy.
1: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Quarantine. I'm your host, Pete Del Reza. I'm joined by a man who I just found out cannot do a countdown. His name is Terry Tam. And that was awful. The, the time gap between three and two seconds was about one minute long. It's because uh, I
2: went I went too fast. when Eagle, Eagle was <laughs> counting me down. I went too fast on the counting. It's my fault.
1: It's all good. It's all good. Eagle, of course, joining us from studio. He's the only one in studio as we are still social distancing. Uh, Duke, our triangulist, has, up, uh, has arrived on the scene as well. He will be drawing triangles, I assume, because I believe that's why we keep him employed. I'm joining like, us as well is to. our guest, staff writer and general know-it-all of sports, Brett Bodkin. How's it going, <laughs> Brett?
3: How are you guys doing?
1: Good, good, good. Brett, uh, this is your first week joining us during the quarantine uh, just so you know, we start to show by checking in on each other, seeing how we're doing and mm-hmm. complaining largely like old men about the things that are now inconvenient to us. Terry pointed out that uh, my annoyance at the grocery store is just because uh, I often don't realize that people have less money than me and I'm a giant asshole. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> one thing I've done, I've ordered uh, groceries online because the experience got just absolutely uh, unenjoyable for me. So I ordered groceries from Walmart. And while I'm convinced that they're absolutely evil, they are completely prepared for this uh, for this period of quarantine like nobody else. I ordered my groceries. I went to the store, opened a trunk. They dropped in the trunk. That was my experience. In fact, I now realized if I order early enough online, they will deliver it to my home. My life just got a whole lot better. How about you guys? What's been inconvenient to you in the past uh, couple of weeks?
2: Inconvenient? I guess it's more of... Um, like I wanted to go run at the park and everything's closed and I'm scared I'm going to get like a $1,500 fucking ticket yeah. or my grocery store only lets one person in at a time. Like it's fucking stupid. So I got to go to another one now.
1: Online, motherfucker, I'm telling you. They deliver it right to you.
2: Yeah, right. a- like Amazon?
1: Oh well, no, I, I did it through Walmart.
2: Oh, Walmart. Okay. All right, I'll look at like that. i
1: actually like they're so prepared for like being able to order online. Like the, the system works so well, you would assume they caused this pandemic to be able to sell groceries online.
2: <laughs> I like it. I like it.
1: That's how well prepared they uh, are.
3: Now, Peace, I want to ask you though. I mean, from the grocery store that you're ordering from, you don't have to give the name, obviously. Are you ordering and it's getting delivered the same day? Because I've heard horror stories where some people order, they have to wait a week, sometimes two weeks for the groceries.
1: So with the way Walmart is, that's uh, fucked up. You you actually choose a time to pick up or to have it delivered. So I pick up. You can't be like, oh, today I want eggs and order eggs and get them same day. Um, because everyone is ordering online right now so it does take a few days but if you just plan your week it's really not so bad and like if you're staying home and not doing anything then like what else are you doing besides planning your grocery runs that's literally <laughs> the only activity most of us have on a day to day basis can i uh can i talk about what what's inconveniencing me yeah sure.
0: always yeah. fucking lineups man i'm tired of it it's like it's ridiculous this this whole thing where we have to stay 2 meters apart cool i'm done why doesn't anyone ever stay two meters apart from me? As a matter of fact, they stand too close to me, and they talk to me. And, like, I'm, I had to get medication for my dog because he's an idiot. And um, and I'm waiting in a gigantic lineup. There's, like, ten people. And, and lineup for, for the lineup for the vet, it's not like the lineup for the grocery store. It Everything takes forever. And, um, you know, like, and this girl behind me, she's like, hey, do you have a reservation? First of all, fuck off. Secondly, I, <laughs> I just said yes,
1: but I said yes because even if I don't have it, what? You're going to kick me out of line? Yeah. And the key to God. life is always saying you have a reservation at all times. Totally. Yeah. Why, much... Why would I say fucking no And blame yeah. I've no? gotten into a first-class lounge in an airport by telling them I paid for it. So either you refund me or you let me in, and they let me in because there's no there's no mechanism for them to refund me for a thing I never bought in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Got out the Dominican Republic, by the way. Good job not uh, checking yeah.
0: anything. Right you, you get you get to the line you get to the front of the line, then then the worst thing is that you you have to do this stupid pay pass thing where she puts the machine up against the window and you gotta pass your thing. But I have an old I have an old card, so it's not working. So she's huffing and puffing because like goddamn pay pass bullshit's not working. So then she like kinda opens up the door, puts her hand out with the, with the, with the debit machine. I'm trying, it's still not working. I had to put my card in, put the digits. Whole time I'm pressing digits, I'm just thinking I'm getting fucking coronavirus right now, just touching <laughs> buttons, you know. And uh, and all Pundum's this on
1: for your one fingers. One pill for one pill. What condoms on your fingers? That's what you gotta do. Brent, what's been up with you, man? Apparently, people looking at this will not have known this, but you've shaved.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, here and there, I mean, I tried. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I kind of like the Jesus look. I want to give it this little mini afro I got going on here. I mean, that that's the biggest thing, this inconvenience inconveniencing me is no barber. I mean. I can do it myself, but I'd rather not, right?
2: Actually, um, I actually just yeah. started grooming my beard.
3: Yeah, there you go. I, I pick it out. I got an afro pick. I got one. I pick it out. I brush it out. What are going to do? Um, I'll tell you what. Speaking of like horror stories about this, uh, what's inconvenience meme, me. Last week, I went to the Laurentian Bank, and I will name drop where it is. The Laurentian Bank on the corner of Walkney and Sherbrooke.
0: Okay.
3: drop off my groceries my mom. My mom lives in NDG. So I go, let me go to the bank at the same time. Let me do the groceries. Kill two birds with one stone. So I went in there and as most banks, that bank as well is closed. So the only area that's open is the front where you have the the two guichet machines, right? So I go in to use the ATM machines and I'm in there. There's no one in there. I waited for a guy. He was in there before me, he finished. And then I walked inside after he left. We stayed at least 10 meters apart because again, I waited for him to finish his business and then I went inside. So I'm in there, I'm halfway through, I'm taking out some cash, I'm paying some bills, whatever. And this guy comes into the bank. Now there's a double set of doors you have to go through to get into where the ATM machines are. So he comes to the first set of doors and then the second. So he's standing in the back. Cause they have you know how they have the uh the doors kind of like it's like a plastic divider that they put down in the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's standing. Oh yeah, so he's standing up against the the plastic doors, plastic dividers, if you will. He's about three to four meters away from me. And I turn around and I look and I'm gonna go, dude, you couldn't wait till I'm done? So he turns around and faces the door. So he has his back to me, and he's huddled up literally in the corner. I don't know if he thought I was going to kill him, because I gave gave him a look of death. (laughs) I I do my business, and I'm leaving, and I'm just like, you're an idiot. Like You could have waited two minutes, and it would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. the Yeah. The point is, though, as I'm walking by him to go through the doors, now that distance from four meters ends up being like maybe one to one and a half, putting him and myself in danger. And I'm walking out. I'm just like, some people are just stupid.
2: Yeah, he's the yeah. thing is the people like they care, but they don't care enough. You yeah, know I
1: mean? and that's
3: why we're in a situation, we're in, Right? Uh, you think
1: it's that? I, th- I to think talk it's that. about caring, but then they, when given the opportunity to do things properly, they fuck up.
0: Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like people don't know what a meter is, though. Like if if I wish to just fucking tell you what a meter is, I know I know, I know, a know what, what a meter is. Right? This is a meter right?
1: It's like <laughs> 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 it, Terry knows what a meter is because it's ninety five centimeters more than his cock. Um, Eagle, how much candy? Hey, have you thanks,
4: got? man. That's you no, know, oh. you're giving me a couple inches
1: there. Exactly, I got you.
4: Surprisingly, my diet has probably been the best it's ever been, no only because ice. I'm not going to restaurants. I'm not grabbing junk food. Like it's all like smaller things. You know, trying to keep the grocery list to a minimum. how yeah, you know, much oh, stuff? I'm cooking go, at home. Right? We did like pizzas. We're doing like you uh, know, baked goods at I, home. You, I don't believe this. You cook? I don't believe it. I cook better than you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're probably just cooking. Jesus. You're
1: frying up chocolate bars, this guy.
2: The other day, where we're, uh, with Duke, uh, Duke and I were doing the episode, we interview with Marco, and at the end of the episode, Duke just starts firing up bacon. He starts yeah. cooking bacon. <laughs> you see the steam going up <laughs> in the front of the camera. It's the way the episode ends is classic. It's fucking classic. Yeah,
0: we got we got to cut that up. We got to cut
2: it up. Why?
1: I mean, I mean, like cut up that just the bacon part.
2: Oh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it. that was we we did that for the NFL the NFL draft boys that that's coming gone. Uh Firstly, uh, what were your thoughts? I know Duke Duke, you were outspoken in your hate for the format uh, and having no sense of perspective in that. There's no other way to do this. But Don't like it. Full and enraged. Don't like it.
4: How would you have done it differently, Mister Creative Man?
1: Just get coronavirus and
4: deal with it. Okay, that's dumb. Wow. Brent, like, are you sure the guy at the bank wasn't Dave? Get a Ben.
1: Brent, what were your thoughts on ESPN <laughs> slash NFL's endeavor to bring us the NFL draft amidst a global pandemic? I
3: mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, A, you know, they, they did the best they could, right? I mean, that's why I guess they had a collaborative effort with ESPN and the NFL network. Um, I still think is toned down, is is it was? It was still better than a CFL draft.
2: Oh, for well, sure, better than. Then a again,
3: CFL. isn't saying much. But I mean, you you have one league who who is going through the an epidemic. Obviously, the CFL will have to do that. Uh, I believe this coming Thursday. It was still better than CFLs, like I said. Um, I think throwing Roger Goodell in his man cave with you know a lot of product placement here and there in that chair and some lame jokes. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Oh man, it was so cheesy. It was, cheesy. It was had so, so
0: cheesy. So yeah, it was super cheesy. Why did, did they have him? Like, why did they bring in like a guy like Jimmy Fallon or someone else? Like, why it did they from they from Rogers, Or so.
2: since we have access to every single fucking GM. In a camera, why can't the GM announce the pick? for? One? Yeah, that's why good. Does right? Roger, yeah. Why does Roger Goodell have to be such a fucking narcissistic prick that he well, has to I announce? I mean, Admittedly,
4: it's, it's way more complicated to have audio feeds than just video yeah. feeds and trying to figure that all out. Yeah. And, well, Eagle, you know,
2: so. I didn't ask for your <laughs> nerd
4: information.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what it, what, it, what it was, Terry, was that a lot of the GMs didn't even want any audio access at all because they were like already like super worried and overwhelmed.
4: Like, Makes sense. That, like, you have to understand that's more logical was, than what Eagle said. Yo, know, like, just imagine there was a hot mic in a room when they're talking about a pick. Oh, I'd yeah. Love yeah. To be- that's but true. that's that's, true. that's what would make it great. It's like wrestling.
2: You don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, but the okay, thing is, like, John like, Cena's so- gonna come out of nowhere. At that yeah, that's well, all scripted. Right, wrestling's kind of the opposite of that. You kind of do know what's gonna happen, right? To a degree, you know. Eh, but the thing is, you're, you're, there's always the element of surprise, though. You know, yeah, what I mean? so the, you that, the, yeah, the
1: viewer, <laughs> yes. But but so like uh, apparently they were really worried about. Uh, about just not being able to figure out the technology. Like as an example, of how narrow-minded the, the, these and uniquely focused these coaches and GMs are. Nick Saban said during this quarantine, he learned how to email. That was not a skill I thought anybody needed to learn how to do in 2020. So but basically, that's what, that's what these guys are. The, these guys are just focused completely on football. They, they're not. They're not people who do these things for themselves. Can, can,
4: Terry, can we all you know take to, a moment you know though email? Can we can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that they managed to figure out the audio to get a bunch of people to boo Roger Goodell at the beginning just to maintain the tradition?
2: No, but also you know what the funniest yeah, part of that, that is? It was the Patriots. That was so cheese. When the Patriots so were
4: picking, he like
2: he turned all red because he thought he was going to get like some support from the Pats. Yeah, but the Pats fans they all <laughs> booed him, and he's like, "Come on!" Like he's trying to like like chirp them, you know? And it wasn't working at all. He's the cheesiest and the worst person in the world. Um, Remember couple like of the, things. Number one, number leader,
1: one. Right? The, like uh, so, so like it, it's, it's a tough job. It's a tough job to do like a host, like an award ceremony, for example, it's re- reputedly terrible. Everyone who's done it says they hate the experience. It's, it's, it's not easy to do. Ricky Gervais, basement not spoken about how he's hated it. Billy Crystal in the past, the Academy Awards, it's just one of the toughest gigs there is. And you take someone who's already got no personality. It's completely wooden. Yeah. so obviously in a steer's basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, He's he's having to deliver jokes and stuff where he's not an entertainer. Um, I actually had a bit of sympathy for Goodell in this one specific case, and then on top of that, they actually did the whole boo thing. As cheesy as it was, Duke, it was uh, they used the opportunity to raise money um, to have people bid on the ability to boo Roger Goodell live, yeah. and they used that money to support Corona. Virus, uh, like uh, treatment and so on and so forth. So Mm -hmm.
0: cool. Super cheesy, but cool. Super cheesy, but cool. What were you going to say, Duke?
1: Uh, Okay,
0: a couple of things. Uh, Wardrobe change. He had a wardrobe change halfway through. I don't know if you guys noticed. And also, uh, as the pick. Like Mr. Rogers. He slowly, slowly faded into his couch. And I was just thinking, I'm like, he probably like sipped on something a little bit, you know? Also, like, you you noticed it too. he just like laid out like that. You you
2: noticed it also, and so did I. I noticed that every time he makes a pick, he puts his left hand in his pocket.
0: Yeah, that yeah. was so calculated, so fucking calculated. I think it's
2: just like a nervous twitch for him because he's super, so, super awkward on camera. Like he's the most you, awkward human being of all time.
0: There was, uh, I, I mean, no one noticed because no one cares. But the Raiders pick when, uh, when the Raiders pick was announced, they had a family that came on the screen and they, um, and they were like welcoming the Raiders. And the kid, he's like, the Raiders suck. <laughs> <laughs> spot on, spot on. Yeah. Uh, I just want to
3: say two, two, two things that like. Speaking so about Goodell, sorry, in, in his defense, I mean, usually when you have the draft, he's on day one and you never see him again, right? So I think he did three days. So I mean, and again, like you guys said, he's not someone that's comfortable on camera. So I guess you have to give him a little bit of credit for that, that he pretty much, he stuck through all seven rounds of the draft, 200 and I believe 52 players.
2: 52, 50, 53 actually, there's Mr. Irrelevant. It's the last yeah, one.
3: Exactly. 253. exactly, 253. So I mean, he, he announced the majority of the picks. So you've got to give him credit for that. Of course, yeah. And, and, and I think his job. Yeah, but that's it. And I, and I think th- this is for you, P's. I think a bigger picture it, to take a, a bit of a serious tone on that. And I read an article this morning. I, I thought of it a bit subconsciously. But then reading an article this morning and undefeated, if if uh, the Dolphins weren't in the league and if you it is basic, like, let's say you've never seen the NFL before and, you, and your first experience in the NFL was the draft. If it wasn't for the Dolphins, you would have no black people working in the league or no person of color working in the league. It was it was Chris Harris, uh, Chris Greer, and uh, Ryan Flores. Ryan Flores. Yeah. That's an obviously there's a lot more uh, minorities working in the NFL. But if you're just basing it off of uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday alone, you would just think it's a bunch of white people working for the NFL. That's true. Well, I mean, I mean, how many
2: how many how many black GMs are there now? There's Andrew Berry. He's the new one, right?
3: Yeah, four, I believe. Mm -hmm. Four.
2: And how many black coaches are there? Four,
3: five. Tomlin, Flores. I always forget about Tomlin. I think I'm gonna
2: be. There was like five two years ago. Last year it dropped down to like three because they fired what's his name, the guy from. um, Wait, there's the guy from Denver. What's his name?
3: Yeah, Vance Joseph. He's a defensive coordinator now with the Cardinals, I believe. Okay, there you go. Um, Good question. I think in terms of yeah, head coaches. Yeah, Uh, Tomlin, Lynn, Lynn, uh, Brian Flores, and. uh, Either way.
4: To, the fact to, think about about to, to think about it, but the yeah. fact either that way, you have to re- consider it is the point itself.
2: Yeah. Either way, I don't remember any having any black GMs other than fucking on ballers. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, it was. I don't was, think. I
2: think it's the first time. Like two years ago, was the first time that any there was ever a black GM. Yeah, and
1: it's it's no it's, no it, it was really before that they had a before Ray
2: Farmer with the Browns. Oh yeah, and that's, and that's true.
3: Manziel, that's true. I think there's been a couple here and there, but yeah, I mean it's few and far between, right? You can't remember them.
1: It's 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 extremely uh, odd considering uh, like the when you consider the percentage of your employees that are black um, mm. that are, or just even period, aren't white period uh, and it's something that's even plaguing the NBA the the I know the Bulls have had to deal uh, with the fact that they've come under criticism hiring literally people with even all the same names like let, let alone that they're all white they're all the same white people that they've been hiring <laughs> for years. But we'll get wow. we'll get to the Bulls in a little bit. Uh, before that uh, we, we did talk about the Dolphins The Dolphins, I, I was thinking of, of Dwight Schrute on The Office um, when he was saying it's never the man you most ex- most expect, it's never the one you least expect it's who you most medium expect and I would say the whole time that don't listen to the screen. they're drafting Tua, all of this has been about Tua, it's always been about Tua, it's always who you most medium suspect, they drafted Tua Tagovailoa tag for the first time in my Dolphins life since Dan Marino, my dolphins have a quarterback. I don't even care if it works. They just they drafted a guy that wasn't the one who looked like everyone else. Just give me something a little bit different. Give me the guy who has a chance to be special. I'm happy. I'm happy as a dolphin pet.
2: Well, who the fuck wants to look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill? You know what I mean? At least two, he's like a young, good looking guy. He's jacked. That Ryan Tannehill was like the only quarterback that you guys have ever had has always been like some bare like quasi out of shape white
1: well, I mean is Tandahill, um, pretty cheap, man. Like he's, he's no, ugly.
2: he's got a belly. Maybe. No, he doesn't. I Mike mean, <laughs> no, Fitzpatrick
1: definitely beard. has a gut. Some um, <laughs>
0: meathead but had facts.
1: The thing is, it's just not even just looking the part, but just the fact that I know there's risks, but the team was willing to take a risk on someone that um has in with some injuries, but they believe that he has a chance to be special versus the guy. Who's the safer pick. I'm, I'm down with that. Brent, what are your thoughts?
3: I like the the, the drafting Tua. I think it makes sense. I mean, if he came out last year, he would have been the first overall pick in the draft or the very worst, uh, a top three, right? I mean, if he doesn't get banged up this year, I think he gives Joe Burrow a run for his money. And Tua, I mean, injury history aside, he has a, a longer, um, we're looking for his, his, <laughs> his time in college has been more prolific than... Then Burrow. Burrow's had one good season. It was a great season, arguably the best season ever for a college quarterback, but Tua's been dominant for multiple seasons. So I think it makes oh. sense. For the Dol- and This is the Dolphins team, again, since the year 2000. They haven't had a franchise quarterback, so you have to take that swing. You have three first-round picks. Yes, if it doesn't work out with Tua, that's going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick could lead you to another five, six wins. You try to get into the top three, top five next year, but I mean, you roll with Tua. You redshirt him this year, I think. I think it's going to be key. You don't let him touch the field. Uh, you invested in your offensive line. So you want to give us some ch- some time to let that old line come together, a lot of new pieces and give Tua time to be hundred percent healthy. And you try and roll th- with the next season and see where where you're
2: at. I agree with you. One hundred percent Brent, but you also have to realize that it's the Miami dolphins we are talking about and they will yep. for sure throw him in there. Week one. Right Week one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not completely against putting him in there, but have realistic expectations. And if the team goes into the season knowing that, listen, if we make a playoff run, like let's say the Ravens did this year, nobody expected them to do what they did. Sorry, last year, nobody expected to do uh, into 2018 when Lamar went crazy and they made the playoffs. Nobody expected that. So, did they make the playoffs? Actually, I don't even know if they did. They
3: made, yeah, both years,
2: both, both years both. they did. So, yeah. so, so at the, so at, the end, at the end of the day, I'm thinking is that with Tua, if you rush him in, have realistic expectations that it might not work out this year. Sophomore years are always horrible for rookie QBs. Try and get rid of that sophomore year in your rookie year. You know what I mean? Let them learn, take the time. And I think they're obviously they're smart enough to know what the fuck they're doing. But at the end of the day, it's happened so often where they put so much money into something and the owner's like, no, put them on the field now. We need to get our, our investment back. And these owners really don't care about, about, let's say, six years from now, they want to see bottom dollar this year. We have a revenue plan. And that's at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. And it's well, GM I honestly, because he's injured to- all the time.
1: How many GMs and coaches are still there in five or six years, right? So like exactly. Especially when, you, when you've got young players, like you're thinking your career, You like Flores' career now is tied to, to a tag of Arlo. Yeah. If it works out, he's going to be a coach for a long time in this league. If it's not, this might even be his last job. And we talked about, you know, the the, the, the lack of black coaches in the league. Like like already it was hard enough for him to get a job in a league that, that that's sort of set up to work against him. Imagine if it doesn't pan out. you know what I mean? And then and, and, and this whole thing falls apart. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure and a lot of pressure yeah. early. Uh, guys, what about some of the other picks? So, what caught your eye during the draft? I guess we'll. I just talked to Brent, so I'll toss it to you, Terry.
2: So, um, I like actually like the draft this year. I followed the entire thing. I watched pretty much halfway through Sunday, a few hours here, and I watched most of uh, sorry, on Saturday and most of Friday too. Uh, I followed it on my phone. I mean, I was looking and I'm trying to see what the Cowboys are doing, obviously, but looking at the other teams is that I I feel like not everybody's going after the best player available anymore. They're actually trying to build things, and it creates this parity along the league, which I love. I love the way the Cowboys—I'll be biased—I love the way the Cowboys drafted this year. I think they drafted extremely smart. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb wasn't on their—they didn't expect to get him, and they ended up getting him, and
4: CeeDee Lamb is probably one of the steals of the draft. Terry, I'm just going to mention the fact that Jerry Jones literally used zero of his scouts when making any picks. are you calling him a genius? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. First of
2: all, Stephen Jones addressed what Stephen Jones addressed it, and he said we were all talking to him at the same time. Like he wasn't not okay. you a liar. So Stephen, so they, they, so they would they would tell they would tell Uncle Jerry what to pick, and he would pick it. See, he, he likes to make it seem like he did everything, but Stephen Jones was was involved there. But my, uh, how amazing my, was that my, uh, yacht, though? Yeah,
0: we'll, yeah, we'll get was, we'll get to I the
1: guy in a second. Okay. We, we definitely will touch on that. Duke, what were you saying? Well, I was going to talk about the yacht, but <laughs> wait we don't, we on the yacht, goddammit, Eagle. Uh, are we allowed to be surprised by your Packers uh, after oh maybe like a, a little over a decade after seeing them uh, draft a quarter, franchise quarter, potential franchise quarterback, while still having Brett Favre on the roster? They do the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was once he was once the, the the bride to be, and now he's potentially the uh, victim of sad, sad divorce.
4: Yeah, but so so here's my thoughts on this, right? I totally get the long term plan and it's good for the organization, develop a QB, blah, 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 you know, drink the Kool-Aid type of conversation, but... Here's the main difference. I think when they drafted Rodgers, I think Green Bay was in a pretty good spot in terms of their team roster and everything, what they had, right? Yes, you obviously had the the big gun from Favre, but you also had a a really good running game, so you can kind of play both sides of the ball. Now, you know that Rodgers is your guy, and you need to get him receivers, and you need to get him a defense that can hold uh, opponents to lower points, right? And if you look at the window that's happening in the NFC right now, you have the 49ers, which are... Dominant. You have the Saints where, you know, Breeze has one Relax, or two years. Relax,
2: Brent. Relax, Brent.
4: You Check. have... Hold on You have the Buccaneers Who just got Brady and Gronk And we'll talk about that in a bit You have the Vikings Who actually look pretty good You have I mean Cowboys and Eagles But fuck them Whatever Uh, Rams could could be a surprise Seahawks are decent So really You have like a Two to three year window Where you need to be competitive Before you can switch over Right And if you don't get Rodgers You don't get Weapons now You're not gonna win It's just straight up like that So So, I get the long term Planning idea But that basically means Sorry
2: Rodgers Your career's fucked so, so I agree with you a hundred percent and it's, I actually wrote it. We're doing a, a draft recap and I was uh dude gave me the uh, NFC North. Oh, Ozangui. And, uh, and I, and I gave the Packers a C plus rating only because they gave no weapons to fucking Aaron Rodgers. And what are you telling him at this point? You're telling him like, figure it out. And we're going to, we're going to draft for the next two years. They drafted
4: every single position except the wide receiver.
2: Yeah. And they even drafted John Runyon's son in the sixth round, which I loved because he's he's awesome.
1: But it, it's also this was also John Runyon. His name is John Runyon. <laughs> this is a draft that was like those food names all over again. They, they're reputed to have just a great wide receiver class in this draft, and you don't go after one. It, it's it's kind of uh, reminded me of looking at the Patriots, and this is a draft where you know what you're going to get a quality quarterback. Uh, you're seeing guys like guys that that went in, in rounds. Uh, you know, like Jalen Hurts would have been the first overall pick. Last year, Jake first Fromm would have been a first round pick. Last year,
2: Justin Herbert would have been a top three last year,
1: exactly. And 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 like you're seeing these guys fall in the draft because there's just so many cornerbacks.
2: Oh, this year was amazing, we I loved just it.
1: Don't replace yes. Tom Brady in the draft, and not even like okay, maybe you want to still pick up Cam Newton, which I completely think is a great idea for them. Great idea. I think that he, he's a guy who you know what, he's got some special talent. Hopefully, he can work with Belichick to find a system that works for the two of them. But even at that, don't you want to have the next? Stage plan because especially you pick up a guy in the fourth fifth round, you can groom them for for the stage after Cam Newton or or James or whoever you want to bring along. But mind you, it's, at this point, James is signed, so it won't be him. But um, w- wouldn't you want to have that next step plan? What do you think, but
3: I think yeah. If you're if you're uh, the Patriots, you want to have that next step plan. You you want to invest in some pieces. But even you look at the Packers, and again, just want to go back to that for a second. Like we're talking about, mm-hmm. they're they're planning for the future with Jordan Love, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Have a future with him, but then you have no receivers for him to grow with in the future.
2: Yeah, like and they never will. Well, Devonte keep- Adams is relatively young. I think he's like probably like twenty-six, so you can develop with him. Okay, you can, but okay, hold on. Devonte Adams had eighty-three
3: catches, right? He's a Pro Bowl alternate, which is great. Yeah. The next highest receiver on that team, I think, was uh John Myleson, I believe or Jay Cumrall, J- thirty-five no catches. Idea. You're going from eighty-three to thirty-five catches, and I understand they went thirteen to three last year, right? DeMonte Adams needs help. They give him. They give him no help. But all that aside, the last time I checked, when my Niners rolled all over them, it was the run game. They gave up over 300 yards on the ground to the Packers defense. Who did? They, who did they add on defense? Really, just this, this offseason? in the draft, they they got three defensive guys all later than the fourth round. So not yeah. only are you not helping Aaron Rodgers, you're not helping your defense. Which, if I'm, I wouldn't be surprised right now if Raheem Mostert was still running on the Packers defense. Like, what are you doing?
2: I mean, it's I, I've actually said this a few times, but I hate disagreeing with Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A. Smith said something like that um, Aaron Rodgers should ask for a trade. And I'm not, I don't think he should ask for a trade, but I think you should really talk to upper, to upper management and say, what the fuck did you
4: guys do? Because Unless you he's guys, in on it and there is some plan yeah. that he's okay with. But otherwise, mm. yeah, if it was me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, because, because hey, Belichick, I do the same thing because now he has no QB. So what are they going to do? Well who's the who's the QB? They have that rookie they drafted last year.
3: Jared Siddham and Brian Hoyer, really. I mean, and listen, you know what? Jared Siddhaven might be better than than we think. He, yeah. I think he was the fourth round pick last year. And and we're, we're not there, right? We're not the Patriots practices. We're not in the locker room. So maybe he, he's better than what we all think. Just say Brady was better. Well, anyone anyone thought when he went in the sixth round of, of the draft. But you, you have to add some kind of experience. Like I I I agree with you, Terry. They should add Cam Newton. I think that would be huge. I, I should wrote it in the article that I wrote for you guys yeah. on hot sports. They have to add somebody. I mean, if you're going to roll into the season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer as your two quarterbacks, you don't want to count Bill Belichick out. But I mean, at this point, everyone else in the AFC East got better except for the Patriots.
2: And that's well, what I've been, that's what I was saying too, is that the dolphins, if they do this well, and I think they did, they did do it relatively well. I mean, I didn't look at every pick, but for the, the first round, I think they killed it. And, um, I just think that they are the team to beat now in maybe two years. This year, the Jets we'll or the Bills. Let's we'll
3: keep on the Bills.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The you Jets know, are the know, Bills. They're a very good team, man. Yeah, I agree. I think they made the playoffs last year. I think the Bills are the team to beat, and the Jets are right behind them. And it's not it's not far-fetched to think that Sam Darnold isn't a really good quarterback. The only problem is pieces boy, Adam Gase. Oh,
0: oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are, you, <laughs> wait, wait, are we talking about the Jets and the fucking Bills? Yeah. Yes. No. why not?
2: It's the NFL.
1: Is there, is there no other sports we can talk about right now? <laughs> well, so fucking what work. I was gonna say <laughs> is, what I was gonna say is, in reality, nobody knows anything because the the margins on the best and worst players in the NFL are so fine. So we're all just basically making all this shit up. So oh, are the, so the, so are, so are the, the, the GMs. So are the coaches. But one thing we do know for certain is there were certain things that happened this draft that I found hilarious. Duke, you were particularly focused on C.D. Lamb's girlfriend. Oh yeah, I, I was, I was. But that's not the funniest
0: thing I found. I will say that is that was the the best thing. But um, low key, number one pick would be uh, John Cruden having his entire fucking draft board just out. <laughs> everybody just like it was an actual you, board. It
1: what?
0: was an actual board. Yeah, it was a white board. Yeah, and and if you look at the board, there's players that were taken ahead like. So they they basically, uh, they uh they took they took rugs and then and then they took some fucking random cornerback not random he's, he's secondary uh, he's an, Arnett Arnett it was Arnett, 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 Arnett. We, okay I don't know how it's we it's think, it. but he had his, he had his board out so the whole time I'm thinking I'm like teams are gonna draft based on what you're thinking especially if you're like it's a team that's just before before that and it, like no but it makes it makes a difference like for sure they had some they had some nerd like Eagle just like, zooming into the screenshot and trying to analyze, like, what the names were so that they can figure it out. I mean, this is the NFL. Um, that was the funniest thing. But C.D. Lamb and his girlfriend, I mean, there's not enough we can talk about about this. I mean, I just the whole thing, the fact that she used to tra- date Trey Young before, um, like, and now she's with this guy and, you know, she grabs the phone and he gives him that look and then um, the mother on the side, by the way, the mother was a highlight of the whole clip. Yeah. Like, the mother it- gave her that look like... Said, the money get looked like you ain't shit anyway. So, so <laughs>
2: we're not we're not talking about the probably the best moment was Isaiah Wilson when he got drafted. Exactly. Yeah. For yeah, that's it, good exactly. So when Isaiah Wilson exactly. got drafted. His <laughs> girlfriend, his girlfriend was he was like crying, his head down. He's happy he just got drafted in the NFL. And uh, his girlfriend's sitting on top of him and she's like leaning on him and she's taking up the entire camera. And you just see, I guess it was his mom. We don't know who it was. I'm pretty sure it was no, his I'm mom. I'm pretty sure it was his mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah she I comes She mom, comes from behind. to be his mom. <laughs> <laughs> she comes from behind her and she lifts her up and just basically like, tosses her to the side. It was classic. <laughs> it was classic.
0: It's so good. It's so
1: good.
0: That,
2: my favorite it's
1: moment. My favorite also, moment. We need to Mike like, Because my thing is, I love I love that all of the houses that coaches, they all reflected the coach's personality. Like of course.
2: Like John Gruden, completely lost, has no idea what he's doing. No idea. Like John Gruden, uh, having everything out to go, talk too much. Mike Zimmer, uh, Zimmer the Zimmer Ranch. But
1: but Mike Vrabel having one son who has a a red mullet, the other son (laughs) in a uretard, and then somebody else taking his shit. In the, in the bathroom, that you caught a reflection of, it was amazing. All of it was was the most Titans thing ever. It's the, the most kind of it's, thing,
2: they're an NFL theme, team, I think. It's the most Mike Rabel thing you'll ever see ever. The Unit, yeah, that was good. That, that was good. Really true. true. Yeah, it was classic. I loved it. I loved it.
0: Um, they should do this. They, I guess, you know what? And yeah, I know I'm a big hater, but maybe we should repeat this format again next year. I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: I mean, I think I think it's something to look at. I mean, I don't think they should not they should not. I mean, what's the point of having everybody there? Yeah, Money.
1: I kind of liked seeing coaches with their families and stuff. Like that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Brent, do you have any moments that you like laughing at?
3: Now again, like I, I was Terry took t- t- the words out of my mouth. I was going to go with the Isaiah um, Wilson uh, moment there with his girlfriend and his mom. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I know Isaiah Simmons is a the linebacker. Uh, they got drafted by the Cardinals. It was funny. His girlfriend kind of basically jumped on him, gave him a big kiss, and all that. And was waving to the camera. And it's like one of those things where it's like, he's the one that's getting drafted, not you. Let's like, try to get her 50 minutes of fame as well, just like Isaiah Wilson's girlfriend. And it's like, he's the one that was doing all the training. He's the one that put all that time on the field and all that work, made all those plays yeah. and getting drafted. And it's like, she, she gave him the kiss, and then it's like, she's waving to the camera, trying to tell all the other girls looking at him, this is my man. But I don't know about you. I don't know too many ladies would be watching the draft. I mean, <laughs> they just go to they'll go, they'll go to the Pro Bowl parties, go to there Super go, Bowl yeah. parties, or the, or the parties after whatever games. But they're not really watching the draft. Just, yeah. just trying to trying to mark mark a territory right there. I think it's a little it's a little
2: early to be doing that. I think under underrated moment. There was I forgot who got drafted. I That's, the mom.
0: That's the mom was, It was a
2: big, mom. it was, they had like a, a lot of people at the party and then the player got drafted. It might've been Javon Kinlaw actually. Now I think about it and everybody went off to the side and you just see his uncle going in front of the camera and just kind of like posing in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I forgot who it was, but it was classic. The, uh, the, one of the, my favorite draft rooms was of course,
1: Jerry Jones's yacht. Terry and I, before we knew it was the yacht, we, we postulated that it was uh, a bunker inside the mouth of a volcano. Well, yeah. People have mouths, right? I didn't just make that up. That's well, that's where all
2: the that's where all the lava is.
1: There we go. He's yeah, lava monster <laughs> Jerry Jones. <laughs>
2: Uncle Uncle Jerry was on his yacht with his seventy-year-old uh, wife, who's thirty years younger than him. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Another one to uh, Cliff Kingsbury's house. Amazing. How, how much time do you think it costs? Uh, how, how much money do you think it costs to remove all of the sex stains before the draft?
2: The sex stains. I mean, Cliff <laughs> yeah. Kingsbury. He's a lot of sex. There's a lot of sex going on there.
1: I, I will, I'll be honest. I'll be honest.
0: It
2: kind of pissed me off. He had his shoes inside. Like, why? That those, house. Those was, that house was. So, man. Shoes off, man. He, he so, probably has house
0: are,
1: shoes. Those are shoes he's walking outside with. Those are driving shoes, man. Yeah, yeah those
2: man. are those are house shoes, man. He just wears them inside. Yeah, unbelievable, yeah, yeah, yeah. classy, unbelievable, classy. It's like it's, a, I, it's exactly. like me and my my, my Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: So yeah, I, I did like I did like that. Uh, seeing the coaches predictably in their own environment was a lot like uh, we thought it would be. Uh, Boys, uh, myself, Terry, uh, and you, Duke, when we we did our sort of live reactions to the draft, none of us were sober. And Terry and I thought completely that Trey Ringo was Kenny Mayne for the entire three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Always mix those two up. Always. The the next day, the next day I saw it, and and of course I was laughing at his horrendous suit. And I was like, wait. I legitimately thought for three hours we were listening to and watching Kenny May. <laughs> Kenny May They're yeah. the same person. They are the same person.
2: Oh, I remember Main Event, that show, that little clips, the clips he used to do? Yeah, Fuck, yeah, yeah. They were amazing. I love that shit.
1: Uh Boys, uh, right before the draft, we got the news that Rob Gronkowski has unretired, has hit the juice hard, will bulk up, and will meet uh, Tom Brady in steroid heaven, Florida. That is Tampa Bay. <laughs> Brent Bodkin, what are your thoughts?
3: I think it's huge. Uh, obviously, Gronk, future Hall of Famer, right? Uh, joining joining his boy Brady down in Tampa. I think as, as I wrote in my article for you guys, I think that might have changed the the balance of power in the NFC self. Because um, you look at it, right? You already have Chris Goblin. You already have uh, Mike Evans, phenomenal receivers. You add the best quarterback of this generation to that group. I mean, they address the offensive line. Uh, taking Tristan Wirth in the first round of the draft. So, I mean, I think their offense is set. And that's just—it's a really good team. Yeah, Bruce Arians calling all the shots on offense. I—I I, I think it's huge. And I mean, right now, you think the—the last time Tom Brady had two great tight ends it was obviously Gronkowski and and Aaron Hernandez. So now you have it's going to be Gronk again. It's either going to be Cameron Brake, who I think is very underrated. Or if very you choose to hang on to OJ Howard, moving to that second tight end role, that may be big for him as well. Yeah, like you could no matter what, one of those two tight ends would
1: kill you.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Spoken like a true Niners fan, you said Tom Brady was the best quarterback of this generation because oh, you, think, right, yeah, this generation. you think Montana is the best quarterback of all time. <laughs> you're damn right, my friend. He snuck it in there. He thought we weren't going to notice, but he's, uh, we, caught it. We, caught it. <laughs> we caught it.
1: And, and is he is he the second best Bucks quarterback ever after, uh, after Steve Young?
2: After Brad Johnson?
3: Well, I am an FSU fan, so I'm going to – MSA Jim is not. Obviously not. Yeah, Tom Brady, yeah. before playing the pass ever for Tampa right now, he's the greatest. Quarterback in Tampa Bay history, although you know what, he, Brad Johnson has more Tampa Bay Super Bowl rings than he has. So <laughs> that's a good point. Tampa
2: that's a good. point. Is
1: it this could a, be. It <laughs> could be. At
2: the end of all this, Brad Johnson's a better Tampa Bay quarterback than Tom Brady is.
1: Is this or Trent Dilfer for that night.
2: Or um, did, you guys, did you guys know that Vinny
1: Testaverde played for uh, the the Bucks?
2: Yeah, yeah, you don't remember what the jerseys. I remember Vinny yeah. Testaverde yeah. in in those creamsicle jerseys. It's so I Love to keep
0: the creamsicle mm. jersey. Yeah, that's so sad. That's so sad. Why is it sad? It's sad because I'm, oh, I'm just looking at the list of the, their top Josh Freeman. Apparently. Josh Freeman is considered oh, one of their greatest quarterbacks. Well, you know Doug, why? He's... Doug Williams too. Doug Williams is probably the thing about the thing, about, jo- the part thing part. about
2: Josh Freeman is I think Josh Freeman came out of came out of the out of college way too early, because he yeah. took a year off, then he played two years and entered the draft. If he had stayed two more years at Kansas, Kansas State, one of, one of the Kansases, sure. he I think he would have developed into a good quarterback. But he was forced to do it in the NFL, and it didn't work out for him. It's a shame. You know, he, he had one really good year, though. Josh Freeman, he had a, his rookie year was like promising. Kansas State, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. what happens a
1: lot. Is in the NFL, you have like your rookie year is kind of free, and mm-hmm. then once teams get a whole offseason to plan against you, yeah, then it's like, well, now are you good? Now that everyone knows you, but,
2: but that's now- what happened. That's what happened to Cam Newton. That's what everybody said was going to happen to uh, Lamar Jackson. It didn't. Well, it'd be, it'd be uh, it's Mark
1: Jackson, the problem is when you're faster than everyone, when you're faster than the fastest people on earth, yeah, yeah that's gonna be yeah, okay. Yeah. You're fine. You're good. Yeah. Um the the other thing, uh looking at, at this situation though with Gronk and the Patriots, is this an indictment of Belichick and, and the Patriot way when you get two of the most outstanding members of that offense who said, You know what, we wanna play football, we just don't wanna do it with you, Bill.
3: Well, I think, I mean, uh, you have to, to put it in its proper context. Gr- Gronkowski, for sure, he, he wanted out, right? Brady had said a couple of times on his offseason he was willing to go back to uh to New England. It's just going it to reach either his money and years or, or a combination of both. I think um,
1: in fact, like, like it's not that Tom Brady needs the money, like, his, his yeah, wife yeah, yeah. makes enough but, money to buy and sell Tom Brady a millions of times. But the thing yeah. is, is that... um that he felt that, okay, well, I took pay cuts and pay cuts and pay cuts. And and, yeah. and we kind of saw this with the Jordan documentary, which we'll touch on in a second with Scottie Pippen. It's not that he didn't make his money because he actually made more money in his career than Michael Jordan did. But it was the fact that I took the pay cuts to do the team, to do the team a solid. Now yeah, you're rewarding it. me for my loyalty. And the answer with that with teams is never.
3: Yeah. Now you're right about that. You're, 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 you're right about that hundred percent. And I think it's also you think of the fact that a lot of the quarterbacks, Name me one really good quarterback that's not on a rookie contract is making less than $24, 25 million this year, Doesn't right? Matter. So if Doesn't you're matter. Brady, why right. would you? Do that? was
1: making more than, exactly. than Brady, yeah. that's
3: <laughs> it, Right, that's it. That's it. Matthew Stafford for a good part of his career is making more than Brady as well, right? But if Matthew
1: Stafford, quarterback right? signs in the off is always going to be the next highest paid quarterback, right? And anyone in the top yeah, fifteen,
2: always, it's, it's always like, going to be I like that.
1: Right? True, yeah. The previous one set the market. But that's and the thing because, with that's the thing with that was always Tom Brady.
2: But that's the thing with Dak this year is everybody's freaking out about how much money he's probably going to get. But at the end of the day, it's that the market dictates your value, right? And the market right now...
1: Football fans don't understand basic economics, but I'm (laughs) I'm realizing it's it's capped, right? Yeah. And and not only that, it's capped. And owners own players for the first three years of their career when they're most profitable. And the average NFL career is three and a half years. So you're getting free, borderline free production from so many players that... The money has to go to somebody.
2: Somebody. So right, you're obviously right, but in a position. Well, why, why, why would the
1: money go? Towards, why
0: would the money go towards Amari Cooper as opposed to Dak Prescott? That that's. The even, that even always... the Amari
1: Cooper contract, the, even the Amari Cooper contract is structured so that they're paying it, the bulk of it up front while they're still able to franchise Dak. Yeah. And 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 they have the expendable income. They can get away from that, from from the Amari Cooper contract in like three
2: years, which yeah. I expect them to do. Yeah, they probably... Plus,
3: probably plus, plus, over. plus... Sorry, sorry, guys. Plus, Washington was on Amari Cooper, right? Yeah. They, so they, they had, had to be Washington's offer, pretty much.
2: Yeah. They had, they had, they had, they, they, their hand was kind of forced, but they had to pay him. He's your number one receiver. You do, do, you right.
0: guys, do you guys feel that watch, that the Redskins do this... I feel like they do this frequently, where like they will overbid for a player just so that the fucking Cowboys can... Yeah, because, Dan's, that because Dan yeah. Snyder
2: is probably worse than an itchy asshole in church. <laughs>
1: It changed.
0: Yeah, because it changed. you can't
2: scratch your ass in church.
1: Um, that's okay. <laughs> Switching to college basketball for a second, Deshaun Hightower, Terry, you wrote an article about mm-hmm. this crazy story: uh, NCAA, NBA, uh, you know, projected NBA uh, pick gets arrested for murder, and the story is that now the attorneys are not are not even saying that you know uh, he's innocent; they're saying it was self defense
2: yeah six people it, against one
1: it's obviously still developing but you've done <laughs> the research terry uh wh- what does it seem like from what you've seen
2: so the only thing that i can come up with with everything that i read was um is that this guy this guy had a problem with one of the other guys and uh, tashaun hightower his brother and a few friends um went and they shot him like that's legit what happened there was a beef he went and he t- they took care of it kind of thing and tashaun was there we don't know if tashaun did anything but he was part of that group, and it's just, it's unfortunate because it looked like he was gonna get drafted. If not, he was gonna get signed for sure. He was a good yeah. player. He was averaging like 16 points a game in Tulane.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. He was he was actually he was at another school before transferring to Tulane. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. It was, that's Georgia, a, yeah. It was Georgia. I figured I would remember that as a Georgia. <laughs> for some reason, uh, because Georgia basketball is irrelevant, it slipped my mind. Completely. It's
2: a shame because if, if if there were more sports, right now we wouldn't have heard that story. We probably would have heard it, but it wouldn't have been. <laughs> You know, we would have it would have passed by the ticker, but you know what I mean. It's like it, this, but this stuff happens a lot more often than we. The kids in college, man, is like they don't have a lot of guidance, and sometimes they they just they end up getting drugs, uh, doing drugs, or fucking up. And the NCAA doesn't do them any favors by allowing them to live their life, so they they struggle, man. And it's, some people make the some people make the wrong decision, and it's fucking stupid. But you know what I mean. It's hopefully he
4: comes out of it. Hopefully he's hopefully he's innocent, and uh, and he makes and he's able to make a career out of it. We're so that's the f- for sports drama. That even during the NFL draft, they were mentioning like the sob stories of all the. I was gonna
2: say too. that. Yeah, one guy I forgot. It was T. Higgins. T. Higgins. They put that his mother was addicted to crack. As a as yeah, a, they
0: did. They did. I saw that as a bullet, bullet
2: point. Like go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, honestly, that's, that, that's one of the, the thing third, I like about the third draft. Fact,
1: like the first two facts were always football facts, and the third one was like he kicked yeah. his uh, his sixth grade teacher in the teeth.
2: There was uh, one was one that guy. That it says it accused it of rape. Much. Accused of rape. Acquitted of all yeah. charges. Why? is yeah, it yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, Why the, the fuck they? put
0: that? Why put that? Yeah. Like
1: fuck. Do, do, like, no. They. Who's the idiot that they put that? Were, shit? They, they were. They were going
0: for kind of like the human. <laughs> they were going for the human interest stories. And they were trying to play with like, you know, the pandemic and this and that. But I the fact is it. like the majority of people the, the majority of people that were watching that, they were looking for any kind of sports whatsoever. And like I feel that one of the things I was missing the most from the NFL draft in general was the lack of football information. And I get it, like they didn't have combines, didn't have like like you know, as much info as they might usually use. But I just felt like they, they were just it was kind of like a crutch for them. Like they, it was yeah. like, let's talk about the drug addiction of the other guy's mother. That's let's talk thing, about dude. this guy's family. That's another you thing, dude, you,
1: mentioned, you mentioned like the, the the pandemic. Like I was already sad enough that I'm not ripping beers with you guys watching in the studio. <laughs> and, and like you're beating me over the head with pandemic. Like, okay, like, get, like let me feel like this is a little bit it's normal. too much. Um, so that was, that was a little tough. Um, then we were given the gift that is uh, Eric Gordon's this track. So, from, from the draft to murder to this track, I have a theory, Brent. Um, after Dame after Lillard, is Shaq still the second best NBA rapper of all time?
3: I say, yeah. I want to say, yeah, that's because he, he did a song with Biggie. Um, I think he did the soundtrack to the, the original Kazam movie, did a couple yeah. of songs there. Uh, I mean, you have some other guys like Iman Shumpert, Metal World Peace.
2: Uh, I don't know. Kobe, Kobe came out with the song, was awful. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, but like, right. I
1: listened to the Aaron Gordon one. It's awful. It's all. It's, it's horrible. All I, thought, I thought no. it was horrible. What
2: are you talking about? It's, uh, talking about? it's amazing.
1: No, it's <laughs> terrible. It's, so it's, it's so bad. It's so
2: bad. It's good. No, you're you know crying I
1: mean? worse than Drake. It's the worst. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the only thing that was worse than that was D Way's rapper Rick Ross. It was. All of this is terrible. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it it sucks because I I love NBA players. They're some of the most creative people, but for yeah. some reason they're just really not good rappers. Other than Leonard's <laughs> awesome. Leonard's great, dude. And true. Shaq. Well, Shaq was just Shaq.
2: Is there any really good athlete that's a good rapper other than like Le'Veon Bell? I mean, okay. Ty, Tyron Tyron Woodley of the USC is decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think,
3: I think Thomas Jones, the former running back there with the Bears. Oh yeah,
2: and the Chiefs yeah. too. No. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He's good. It's true. Yeah, that's a good call. There hasn't been many, man, but I don't know. It's tough. There's a lot more hockey players that are country singers.
1: Yeah.
2: No.
1: <laughs> it's also not a sport where you would see more country singers in hockey. Football. Come on. No, I mean, entire, I
2: entire offensive lines are built with country singers.
1: You tell, <laughs> well, you tell no, me. the songs are about the offensive linemen.
2: You tell me Quentin. Yeah, exactly. You tell me Quentin Nelson doesn't sing a good old country song.
1: I mean, I can see him. I can see him sing along some Willie. <laughs> Willie. Um, MJ. So, yeah, we all, uh, except for Duke, so let's spoil everything for him. No, 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 I don't care. I don't care. Go for it. Go for it. I'm going to watch I it. Have, I, I, have, I, have a, I have a take that's going to be a little unpopular. I didn't have a chance to post it on, on our Instagram today. Um, so people bitched about the super team era. And then I was thinking, I saw the, the first couple episodes, and we saw, of course, the, the 86 uh, Celtics that had uh, Bird and Parrish and, and Bill Walton off the bench, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... We see now that this era of the of the Bulls, I had Pippen, uh, Michael Jordan, and, th- and they go out to get Dennis Rodman, uh, which in that NBA, uh, someone who was Dennis Rodman, it, it's it's more impactful than even where Draymond Green was the Warriors. Where, so like, what's For sure. been about all the super teams when when there's always been the NBA has always been about the super team whether it was Bill Russell's Celtics or Bird Celtics or Magic's Lakers or or or, or MJ's. MJ's uh, Bulls. It's always been about that, and this is where me and Brent are going to get to the argument on air. I'm absolutely positive. hundred percent,
3: hundred percent.
1: And not to mention the fact that that like they talked about this great Cavs team. Name one Cav other than Ron Harper who you only know because he went to go play with the Bulls. Exactly. Oh, I was about. To, I
2: was now, just about was to say that. that's easy. Is he I know. Right? I know Ron Harper. If I think of his jersey, I think of Bulls jersey. I don't think. Of tell me.
1: Cap. Tell me what other Cav Brent? You know, I, I'll give you totally that. I forgot. Funny.
2: I forgot he played for Cleveland. 100%
3: I forgot. <laughs> uh, Brad Daughtery, Craig Elo, the, the Jordan shot. Stop this. Craig Elo's known because of that Jordan shot. You're,
2: you're, you're, you're reaching here. You're Come reaching. On, yeah, dude,
3: like... I, I don't know about you guys, but growing up, I played a lot of NBA jam. Mark Price was the man, you know. Mark Price. Yeah, you
2: know. <laughs> I think, said, I think Cleveland
1: is the only, the, team I
0: did, I think,
2: Cleveland's the only team I didn't use in a space jam. It's the only yeah. time. Mark Price could shoot the three-man in that game, let me
3: tell you. <laughs>
1: And, like, like, so so the thing is, I, I understand, and, and this isn't to me doubting Jordan's greatness. If anything, what Jordan and that Bulls team brought allowed us to, to have the NBA that is because a, a lot of athletes that would have otherwise played football, guys who are shaped like LeBron, didn't used to go out and play in the basketball because it wasn't the shine on That's the true. NBA that there is now. Uh, so you're getting insane athleticism combined with the most proficient scoring we've ever seen. I understand. Guys can't do on defense what they used to do, but you also can't do that to a guy who's shooting a three from half court. Uh, we've never seen guys even shaped like Giannis Tukumpo before. We've never seen shooters shaped like Kevin Durant before. Um, mm-hmm. I understand, I understand how great Jordan was, but to me, it's it's it speaks volumes. He was that much better than everyone around him because the, he didn't have to face teams like that that, that exist in today's NBA.
2: You know what? Well, I mean, it's you're right. I mean, if I if I watch if I watch the highlights, and I'm, obviously I watched it, and they beat a tough Detroit Pistons team, I'll yeah. never take that away. Detroit, that Detroit Pistons team was was stacked, and they, they but they also played against a lot of weak teams. So when playoffs, I talk about you made the playoffs by winning
1: thirty games in Jordan's first
2: season, in Jordan's first season, exactly, yeah. But then they yeah. lost in the first, but it's they just, lost in the first round, so everything's you, relative.
1: Make the playoffs now by winning thirty other
2: games. I mean, in the East, probably it'll happen. <laughs>
1: Not really. these just had a bad top. The middle was actually all right.
2: <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, is that they're always, every time I watch a highlight of Michael Jordan, he's always crossing over a guy that looks like me. Some five yeah. foot, some <laughs> five foot guy, a nine white guy with great hair. You know what I mean? And he, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why I can't really get into the whole, he, he's dominant and he turns it on. He does turn it on more, better than anybody I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I, I still can't make an argument. That he's better than LeBron James. I can't yeah, make generally, an generally. I mean, I mean. I mean sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm gonna take that back. Yeah. I could, th- I could make it. Sorry, dude. I could make a, an argument, but I just can't get over the fact that LeBron has dominated every game from regular season all the way to the playoffs, and he's he never really needed anybody
0: except for when he was guarded by JJ Barea. But that's another nice story. JJ <laughs> Barea is, um, is a sick defender.
2: <laughs> but I guess I guess I guess I
0: guess what I what I always wonder, right? Like when I'm watching it, right? When I and, I and I'm and to be honest, I'm only at episode one and two when I watch episode three and tonight. Um what I always wondered was like, okay, so basketball now is a much more of a finesse sport. There's a lot more three point shots, there's fifty there, there's there's shots from half court, whatever. But I always wonder like, was it tougher in this time because it was much more aggressive? Because well, wait till you watch episode three real.
2: and uh, yeah. Wait till you watch episode three yeah. and you get to see how tough it was, yeah. So I, right. I, just,
1: I just find it difficult to compare across areas because they're complete. Yeah. And then again, if one area doesn't exist, then the next one can't come to take the shape it takes. Like the, the, the development of the three-point shot is it a direct... Uh, it's a direct development that comes into play after we see LeBron dominate the way he did. And and LeBron's an answer to Kobe, and Kobe's an answer to MJ. Like, that's just the way basketball's always been. It's always um, been. It,
2: and even even Michael, Michael Jordan says it. He's like, there was Bird. Bird gave it to me when they won. He met Magic Johnson in the hallway. They hugged. He's like, Bird gave it to Johnson. Johnson gave it to me. And he's like, that's just... You hope
1: Johnson didn't give it to you, though.
2: I mean, I hope he really didn't give anything to me.
1: <laughs> You're stuck with that for life. Um, but but the thing is... That, like, to me, it just it it does bust some of the myths of of the old NBA. But again, I think I think I've pissed off Ben Botkin enough. Brent, your thoughts? <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, actually, okay, first, okay, let me let me address something uh, something that Terry said. I mean, because of the you got to put it in its proper context, right? In in the eighties, early mid eighties, even early nineties, yeah, there, there were more. NBA players, so to speak, like you said, to look like you, right? <laughs> but there was also there's also Clyde Drexler. There's also Xavier um, McDaniel. Dennis yeah. Johnson, who you saw multiple times uh, in, in the, the series with the Celtics and the Bulls. There's tons of other players who are really sound defensively, really great defensive players. You have some today too, don't get me wrong, but you okay. had, I think, more back then. And the fact that you could combine great defense with the physical play uh, that you, you guys obviously saw yesterday's episode, especially episode three, as, as we alluded to, I think it's – the athletes are bigger and stronger and faster now, 100%, because training has, has gotten a lot better now than what it was in the 80s and 90s. That's for a question. But I don't think it takes away from the fact that Jordan still had to beat some of the greatest players in the game. He still had to go against Hakeem Olajuwon. He still had to go against Patrick Ewing. You know, a lot of legitimate centers now, I find most centers in the game – with you know the exception of Anthony Davis and a couple guys here and there, yeah, there's no really dominant big man in the game. There's nobody but that stands under the
2: basket win. and waits. Nobody. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm
3: saying, right? I mean, the last guy doing that was Ben Wallace, and that was what 2004, 2005, right? I mean, Joel I mean,
2: Embiid was uh, kind of supposed to be that guy, but he likes to he goes to the outside too much. He's soft. not. He's soft and he's more of an offensive
3: player than anything else. Yeah, exactly. but, the game, but the game has changed. I agree. You, I agree. Don't,
1: you, don't, need, you don't need a big man. Like, no, you don't. That's you true, don't too. That's you true. They didn't have a center on the roster this season. That's true. Once they made all their trades and, and they started winning more games when they went to this super small lineup. So like, Is this? The, uh, the Rockets.
2: Oh, really? The Rockets.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. They had no center on the roster. It's
3: crazy. That's true. No, 100%. I, I agree for it right now. Okay. I, I spoke wrong and my, my apologies. Those are just a couple of teams with great centers. But I think just in general, the game was more aggressive than it could be more physical. I mean, you can get away from murder practically before a, a call would be made and the players wouldn't be kicked out of a game, right? We saw Dennis Rahman getting into fights with, with Scottie Pippen when, yeah. when he was on the Bulls and the other was on the Pistons. And no one got kicked out. There'd be a foul call and play would continue and that would be it, right? Yeah, a lot of the stuff that, that
2: happened that. back then won't pass now. Like, like yeah, well, that, Ricky exactly Rodman right the That's right? a good point.
1: Like I, I don't even remember that. Like I don't remember Leibert ever losing his temper. Seeing him punch Dennis Rodman. In his yeah. yeah, how fucked up yeah, is that? Exactly. Crazy.
2: Exactly. But, so, but to your to your point, Brett, I agree with you on this. Is that if you take it's and and to your point, piece is that it's hard to compare. Uh, it's hard to cross eras, right? And if I can't take, if I could take LeBron and put him in that NBA, he probably wouldn't last. How many times have we seen LeBron take a dive? You know what I mean? Like he does that thing where he gets touched and he's like, Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but he Joe, tries to pretend that he's not hurt. You know.
1: But also, Terry, LeBron play, like LeBron is 60 to 80 pounds heavier than Michael Jordan was. The guys weren't shaped that way. Imagine trying to take a charge in that NBA from a guy shaped like LeBron James. Guys just weren't built that way because they didn't have the, the, the same kind of money uh, and, and the same kind of medical and scientific advancements when you have in terms of nutritionists and doctors around the team that literally sculpt your body into like essentially the, the height of humanity. These yeah. guys are, are the fastest, strongest, uh, jumpiest uh, athletes in the world. Like we've seen it, we've seen Giannis Antetokounmpo steal a ball at half court, take two dribbles and dunk the ball from 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 the from the the, the foul line. And back then, like when Jordan dunked from the, the foul line, he was the guy who could do that. Now you have like you know st- still an elite skill, I mean, elite, elite athleticism. You're still the only time about the top of the league, but. There's, there's maybe a
2: dozen guys who can do that. So one last That's point true. True. one last point before we go is that on episode four, the Phil Jackson episode, I loved his story. I had no oh, idea. Yeah, I love I had no idea he was like that. I mean, I've always respected the guy because he's a great coach, but I had no idea he was so like he's so um I don't want to say like uh woke <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? for lack of a better word. You know, I mean? he's doing yoga, like shit like that. And I looked for his book online, yeah. I couldn't find it. I mean it's all sold out everywhere.
1: The, 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 thing with, the thing with Phil Jackson is uh, and, uh, his ability to be able to coach uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I understand these are two of the best players in the league. They're also two of the most difficult characters to coach in the league. Yes. He never gets the credit for that because yeah. they're such great players. But in my opinion, to be able to be around guys who are that great and to, to, to just that, that type of alpha personality is absolutely impressive. Um,
2: and to also, take the ball away from them, too. Yeah, the system yeah. where he, the ball's not Creating,
1: yeah, Which was, at the time, a, a super, super uh, revolutionary offensive triangle yeah. offense, uh, which we're not going to get into because that's a no, super boring fuck, But um, <laughs> it was an absolutely revolutionary style of basketball where you literally would have your best player passing out of the formation, which was unheard of at, at, at the time. Um, seeing Dennis Rodman, of course, cool. We talked about that before. Before we get going, we have one last thing. Because the best segments come from typos. Terry wanted to talk about steals of the draft. He wrote and said stake of the draft. So yes. we're going to talk about our stakes of the draft, which are the players who are the juiciest, sexiest, most underrated picks. Terry, so this, is, this is your segment. I'm
2: Okay, so speaking of steak, I'm going for tough, gritty. I'm going for Logan Wilson out of Wyoming, third round, first round, uh, third round, first pick to the, the Bengals, middle linebacker. This guy, if you watch his highlights, I put it in my in my draft uh, recap. This guy is amazing. He's your classic middle linebacker, the old school shit, like Dick kiss kind of thing. You know, he's making plays. He doesn't he doesn't drop back more than ten to twelve yards. He's a beauty to look at. Beauty, no gloves. I love him. He's my favorite guy. Steak, steak and meat and potatoes kind of guy. He's a fucking. He's gritty. I love him.
1: Duke, do you have a a steak of the draft?
2: I have a pretty good one.
0: Um, I but I I have to kind of work with this a little bit because the guy I'm looking at, third round pick, all right, Limboden Junior from Raiders. Okay. Now I like this guy, and the thing is, I couldn't think of the right kind of steak to to associate to it. So I was thinking (laughs) of like something with pork, like um. Like a uh piece, you gotta help me with this man. Like a I don't know. It's because pork is a versatile, it's a versatile meat. You can cook it in so many different ways. Um, well, like a
2: pork loin or shoulder. Well, like, pork shoulder. Like
1: a diagonal chop, <laughs>
2: Nagino, oh, Nagino a Nagino chop, is chop yeah. Chop. Nagino chop. Nagino chop is
0: nice, this dude yeah. this dude has played quarterback, he's played running back, he's been a wide receiver, he's returned, he's returned punts, he's a punter. Like he's done he's played pr- almost every offensive position, except for obviously the offensive line. So that's the guy I'm looking forward to.
1: Brent, what's your stake, of the, your stake of the draft?
3: I'm going to go with um, Justin Matabuki, uh, defensive tackle, went to the Ravens in the third round. This guy, he, he, could, he could collapse the pocket. He can get after the quarterback. He's good at stuff in the run. I don't know if you guys remember early in the season, the Ravens, uh, they had to deal with Michael Brockers from the Rams the fell apart. He ended up going back to Los Angeles. I think adding a guy like Matabuki to a defensive line to add a Clayus Campbell, I think that's going to be huge. I'm huge for that defense. I, and I'm a former defensive tackle myself. So I figured, you know what? Let me stick with the defensive tackle as well.
2: There you go. I love it. I love it. Nice.
4: Eagle, your steak of the draft. Um, so everyone should know what a tomahawk steak is. So yes. it's a big fucking steak animals. with at least five or more inches of extra big bone. And so I'm going with the one, the only, Big Dick Joe. Give me them inches. It's also a great steak. Well, obviously, still
1: goes to the big bone. That's one thing we know about Eagle. Uh, my steak of the draft, gentlemen. Uh, Terry, this, this is one of your guys. He went to the Cowboys, uh, Wisconsin Center. Tyler, I, I don't even know how to say his name because I don't watch Wisconsin S- football. See am see person.
2: Um, Sia Daz.
1: Tyler, he because he, he had um, <laughs> <You're
2: all>.
1: He <laughs> plays center, plays guard. The guy is this pure sirloin steak.
2: He's his replacing Travis Frederick.
1: Thick, gotta love that the guy's gonna move the pile for them. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I was, I, I love watching offensive line flips. Watching guys abuse oh, yeah. guys half their size because there's no disparity in college football. Other than like the rich kids and the poor kids, that's how it's like with offensive linemen and defensive linemen who are happy to You see them getting just swallowed by these monsters.
2: Like it's watching like, a lineman from Alabama or LSU going up against a guy from Appalachian State is a beauty. This be something Yo,
1: I was there in person <laughs> for Georgia Georgia Tech. Yeah. My God, I felt bad for those kids. The, the yeah, Georgia you shot right? taking the court for battery. It was awful. Those kids were yeah. so small yeah. compared the Georgia kids. Um, they were so pissed that they
0: got to a giant fist fight. <laughs>
1: That's it. That, that's been our show this week. That was our stake of the Draft. Brent, thank you for joining us. It's great catching up with you, my man. I missed you. Uh, Duke, nice to see you again. Terry, thank you for all you do week in, week out. Eagle, thanks for joining us again. We missed you. Last couple of shows, it's never the same when you're not here. And you've you've been listening to Hot Sauce. I think boys. I did it wrong
4: again, Eagle. I got my, it. I got it. The sound in my head. Did I miss it? Yeah, you, oh, got, you it. got it. I got you. Nice. Thank you. Eagle,
1: that's all you boys. Have a great night.
0: All right, ciao, guys. Take care. Later, boys.
1: Bye-bye, guys.